0: Lock Talk Radio. What's your sign? Do you know? Let me guess your Scorpio.
1: Dr. Craig Martin calling in here from LA Hope you guys are good tonight It's beautiful here Unbelievable, beautiful summer It is 8pm on Thursday And that's Inside Connection time So welcome to the show I want to say a special um, hello To a couple listeners in England Who wrote me on Twitter this past week Hello to you guys over there And I'm glad that you're enjoying the show Uh, It's a call-in show So if you would like to get a reading, you can call in at area code 213-943-3395. I'll be happy to look at your chart and uh, give you a little mini reading here on the show. Otherwise, you all are just going to be treated to me giving you my little mini talk And uh, I'm happy to do that too Um, Tonight I'm going to be talking about the good and the bad and the ugly of astrology And whether we are doomed to having a certain kind of fate in life If our chart has a certain alignment It's something that comes up a lot And it definitely came up this week with one particular person who... um, Literally, was just scared to death of a certain pattern that someone had told her in her chart, and things that she had looked at online and read about this alignment, and you know it can't be like that. And the way our charts are designed, or are, are not specifically to, to say that there are um, hope, there's hopelessness, or something like that in our chart. It's never about that, and we will be getting into that with tonight's. Topic, so first we're going to do The uh, Global Energy Minute Hang on, it's um, uh, Again, airless So there's no air and we've talked About that a couple of times, go figure There's going to be a lot Of no air going on going on, As I had said, only when the Moon is in air for a couple of days About every Seven days And um, Right now, uh, the, the The planets have moved into some more Leo and Virgo They were all in Cancer Uh, I did miss last week I wanted to apologize for that I just wasn't um, in a place to do the show uh, last Thursday night So I wasn't able to put one on uh so 2 weeks later, uh yes, it's uh Leo, happy Leo and we were right there in Leo and uh Mercury has just moved into Leo and so the energy is a little higher, the creativity is a little higher. Tonight the moon's in Virgo and Venus is in Virgo also. This um they kind of go hand in hand because leo is a creative energy virgo follows leo so virgo is the the energy that's necessary for taking care of things once they've been created if leo in the 5th house rules you know things like creating children uh, that's why Leo is a part of that procreative energy. Virgo is the energy. The diapers the baby. And uh, so we have to have that because we can't just create and then leave a mess in our wake um, and just do some, you know, great Leo thing like, voila, look at what it is that I created. And then someone can el- someone else can um Can take care of it because all things we create need to be maintained Um, It's something that I think a lot of people don't really think about when they're excited and enthusiastic about creating something Um, So that Virgo energy, Mercury, uh, Moon and Venus goes really well with the creative mind We have a creative mind, Mercury in Leo And we have creative energy, Sun in Leo, going along really nicely with an ability to nurture Venus Um, take care of and love what it is that's been created through a process of um, maintenance and order and organization and routine, the creation and maintaining of a routine. Mars and Jupiter still in uh, Cancer. Jupiter moving so slowly enough really that it's still considerably within the grand trine with Saturn and Neptune. So for a month now or more We've had a a water grand trine. It's really representing the birth of many, many, many people who are going to be extremely uh, empathic and intuitive and sensitive to the needs of others. So we have Jupiter and Mars, a lot of action. We're capable of taking a lot of action in a nurturing way if we want to. And, you know, you can feel that if people have been reaching out to you. It's because the energy is very uh, strong for... um, For us to be able to step up to the plate I did notice that um, Uranus was retrograde Now and so even though Pluto is still retrograde It's not going to be for much longer Pluto will turn around Soon and then Pluto And Uranus will be heading back Towards each other again for Yet another pass uh, In uh, 2013 There's going to be several more passes in 2014 And then I think one or two at the Beginning of 2015 and then The exactness of that square will be over So we're going to see as we finish the summer up And Pluto goes direct And Uranus and Pluto start heading back towards an exact square That there's going to be more kind of global tension As there has been And we're really trying to work it out I have to say at this point Going into late 2013 I'm kind of proud of us Somehow, somewhere (laughs) uh Someone is diffusing or or doing their very best to try to diffuse the tense energy that's existing between us right now and you know in the different ways that it has exploded and um and kind of boiled over it in in retrospect for as big as this energy is. Um when we think about Uranus and Pluto being conjunct in the in the mid sixties and how that was the time of Vietnam, and it was a very very important pivotal time for um you know the Aquarian age movement that we're not seeing it right yet as volatilely as um we were then when Uranus and Pluto were conjunct in the in the mid sixties, so we'll look to see whether we can get through this square. Uh, With a certain amount of, um, you know, grace And uh, it won't be easy, but I just wanted to put out there that up till now We seem to have been doing a fairly good job Um, I know there, you know, you could really argue that You could say, well, not in Syria, maybe Not in a couple of other places, maybe not in North Korea But I'm talking about you know that things could be worse from the perspective of this kind of heavy energy from a uranian pluto square that we've been going through now already for almost 2 years so um it's good to see that in some way we're managing it neptune in uh, pisces is a very nice place for neptune um 4 degrees retrograde kind of moving back kind of reviewing you know, we want to be careful of any kind of victim consciousness. It's important for us to realize that our sensitivity or what it is that we want to give to others um, should be given freely. That's the selflessness of Neptune and Pisces. If we don't want to give it, we shouldn't give it, um, and that way we won't feel necessarily we've been taken advantage of um, if if that's helpful for anyone, that's certainly a Neptune and Pisces energy It asks us to transcend our own ego through um, through compassion and empathy and concern for others Not to link our ego to the compassion and empathy that we have for others There's a big difference, so let's pay attention to that And I look forward to having a little bit of air in the chart over the weekend When the moon will move into Libra so we'll be able to communicate a little better for at least a few days um until the moon goes back into uh water sign and then we'll be back in the airless chart until Venus goes into Libra in another couple of weeks. And that's your global energy minute I' Dr. Craig, and you're listening to the inside connection radio on blog talk radio um the um the topic tonight is really about um good transits and good signs it's really more about the natal it's not really about transiting energy but transiting energy is similar a lot of people always get very fretful of transiting energy <clears throat> anything that can obviously happen by transit can already exist in someone's natal so any any you know crisis driven transit that we might feel that we could have Somebody actually has that inside their personality So, you know, we we talk about things like, you know, maybe like, say, Pluto square your, your Venus You know, something that we wouldn't really want to have happen to us, right? Because it's sort of that represents in a transiting thing that someone might come along And it might be a sort of very destructive or very possessive love relationship That's the way Pluto and... um and Venus would operate, you have to think of actually like Pluto and Persephone, and he comes bursting up above the ground and grabs her and hauls her back off to Hades, and it's really a very um, disruptive kind of love, it's really forceful and demanding and and, and manipulative and, and possessive and controlling Not really nice things, and the negative words show up because we're talking about a square, an aspect that's a square. So if we were to have Pluto square our Venus, we might encounter somebody who was, you know, controlling um, or um, demanding or sense of obligation, all these different negative words for Pluto. The point of it is is that someone could have Pluto square their Venus in their natal chart as a matter of fact obviously a certain percentage of people do every year people are born with um with that aspect and with every other kind of aspect including the good ones including the bad ones and um the issue is really I think when when we're looking at someone's chart do we do we see those aspects as <clears throat> some inevitable point of doom like the individual is consigned to um living a life that has um uh, destructive love relationships For instance Since that's what it would mean by transit Pluto square Venus If we have Pluto square Venus in our natal chart Does it mean that we have Destructive love relationships in our life And that we're going to repeat over and over again Destructive controlling Individual um, in, Coming into our lives and The the answer is no I want to be able to at least put that out there Right away and I mean, I assume anyone has been listening to the show for a while, is going to know that I'm going to say no to that. That's, that's the basis of what the Inside Connection is about, is showing the spiritual truths behind um, astrology and other metaphysical concepts. And that, that the, the different kinds of challenges that we have in our lives are designed to help us grow and that there is no specific challenge that we might encounter whether it's inside or out, inside the chart or outside in our in our external life which really is just a reflection of the chart and everything going on on the inside of you but inside or outside the the happenings of our life have to do with opportunities for us to grow Opportunities for us to see soul-based belief systems That we might be bringing into this life One life after another And that in order to create a more perfected Perfected, if you want to use that word A more uh, meaningful Words are so difficult sometimes Especially when there's no air in the chart um, A more meaningful A more um um Uh, Focused, uh, deeper kind of in existence uh, Less dramatic um, Possibly would be a good way of looking at it Where life's not drama driven Less ego based a less egotistical kind of life where there's a higher understanding of the soul and what it is trying to accomplish in its incarnation on, on earth in every given lifetime so that these external experiences and the internal um, dilemma that that they are the result of meaning that the internal dilemma exists first because the soul belief system exists first And then the external events like a bad marriage or a bad job or a bad boss Or difficulty with a child or housing drama or career drama or parent drama Or financial drama or health drama or any of those things that we we all encounter as human beings That all of those things are actually coming forth from our own soul-based belief systems And that in order for us to... uh, In order for us to overcome them and move through them we need to be able to address what that belief system is so that when we look at um, the chart and we see the positive things I'll give you a positive example as well let's say we have a positive example of say Jupiter conjunct the Sun whenever Jupiter goes into your sign that's supposed to be such a great year for you and Jupiter conjunct the sun, you know, it's like really a lot of expansion, a lot of energy, a lot of growth, a lot of really dynamic um really positive movement. People um really like that kind of thing. So if you had, you know, like let's say Jupiter right now is in Cancer for all those people who are Cancers, you're you're having Jupiter conjunct your sun sometime between, you know, say last month or two months ago and um, and next summer Somewhere along the way this year Summer of 13 into summer of 14 You're going to have really nice positive experience More than likely unless there are other um, Counterindicated uh, Transits So Jupiter conjunct the sun is a very positive Thing it helps you grow and it makes you Feel big and expansive And, and it makes you really help, it help makes you. It helps you really Enlarge your life In a positive way and some people have Jupiter conjunct the sun in their natal chart. It happens every year as a matter of fact. Jupiter was just conjunct the sun um uh, not long ago a couple of weeks ago and um or this is because the sun was actually conjunct Jupiter, but Jupiter was conjunct the sun when the sun passed through the low degrees of cancer, and uh, it did that a couple of weeks ago. And that puts into someone's natal chart the notion that they um, are lucky, the notion that they are uh, that they will land on their two feet, the the belief system that that they can push back their boundaries, that they can expand their limits. That they can have a positive outlook on life because Jupiter generally has that joie de vivre. It's sort of a of a um, the joy of life. It's a, an expression for Jupiter and Sagittarius. Those kinds of things go to go. Those energies go together, which is sort of a positivity, a loving of life, a certain adventurousness Jupiter has. So you put that with the Sun, and you end up with an even bigger kind of Jupiter. Jupiter is huge. Uh, it's practically the size of a star, anyway, by itself. It's just shy of it And the sun is a star And so when you put the two of them together you It's this really big, expansive, wonderful outlook on life When we're having that by transit We really welcome it When we're having that in our natal chart We naturally actually feel that way When uh, I do a reading for somebody And I see Jupiter conjunct the sun I say something to them like Oh, you're always landing on your feet You have a very positive outlook um, you, you have really what is called the lucky star Which is interesting because I hardly ever use that that language in, in a reading But Jupiter conjunct the sun in the ancient astrology Was always called like born under a lucky star Because Jupiter will always give you that positive outlook Now when you have that, a generally positive outlook It has to be a soul-based belief that you believe that about life it has to be that in this lifetime You've chosen to bring that in As one of the positive experiences That you want to have in this lifetime We all have them We all have Positive aspects And then more challenging For want of not wanting To use the word negative So we all have positive aspects And we all have challenging aspects In our chart And the positive aspects are The the um, the positive soul-based beliefs that we have. Most of the time when someone comes in for a reading, they do want to hear the good stuff, but when people are looking for counseling experience, you know, they they don't really come in for the good stuff. Nobody goes to Goes to couples counseling or individual counseling Because of the good stuff in their life They always go because they're trying to figure out The more difficult things So that's why in this conversation There are actually good signs in our chart And there are are actually more difficult But the more difficult are not bad Uh, They're not bad because they're giving us an opportunity Sort of the important concept here Is that the more challenging things in our chart Are giving us an opportunity To work on that soul-based belief system In this lifetime The person who has Pluto square Venus The destructive relationship person May attract destructive relationships Into their life Until they figure out That the belief system is based on that that we no longer when we no longer need to attract a destructive relationship into our life, in order for us to feel i guess um, controlled and possessed and dominated,
0: <laughs> then
1: we no longer will. It doesn't matter what the alignment is in your chart it 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 doesn't matter because the process is about learning. And yeah, you could go back in and touch upon it maybe And you may have, you know, transiting Pluto square your Venus You may get an opportunity to encounter it in your lifetime Most of us will in a lifetime have Pluto square our Venus And we will encounter, you know, maybe a destructive love relationship Or a person who's more fanatical If it's not about love, it could just be a kind of fanatical attraction And most of us will experience that at some point in our lives at least once to have it in your natal chart is a different thing, but does it mean that it's a bad sign of an ongoing almost like a curse? you know because some people think of it like that they don't want to hear the bad stuff they they even call it the bad stuff, and I have this you know fundamental issue for those people who have had readings with me with reading in a way where we're looking at the bad stuff you know it makes no sense to me that we would we would say that you know a lifetime is is Supposed to have this bad stuff as if it's Sort of karmic or we're meant To suffer so I think that's a Very limited belief about our capacity To change or grow In a particular given lifetime What 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 purpose does it serve To have a um, You know A punishment with no end Punishment with no end That we would just say You know okay so here you are Now you've got this lifetime And, um, you know, there's no opportunity for you to change You're really just here to experience this As if it's sort of like a... um a punishment, a misery, and I think people who are, let's say, you know, pun- punitive, punishment-oriented, they may be able to view um, the experience that way, like life's experience is that way. But I think the truth is a little bit different because the, you know, God Goddess is very forgiving, and I think once we are capable of realizing. What it is that we've been manifesting and and potentially the energies we've been putting out there and the difficulties they've created for us Then we have an opportunity to shift that simply by um, recognizing it and being willing to change I always say to people that, you know, don't look on the negative aspects in a chart or in a transit and only expect it to be negative Because within every more difficult transit And within every difficult aspect Has to be the energy of the positive So within every square lies the energy of the sextile or the conjunction And um, the Pluto square Venus is in the end Whether it happens in a negative or positive way Powerfully transformative To the way in which you love By the time you're done You've been transformed Whether it's been difficult and painful And through the process of control Or whether it's been very kind And very introspective And through a process of self-reflection The the end result Is going to end up being Similar because there's going to be a reorientation, a transformation plutonic. There's going to be a death and rebirth of an old order of the way in which we love. That's using this one specific example of Pluto and Venus again. And I wanted to take a few minutes in the um, you know, in in here to talk about a few different aspects because some of them are are kind of humorous. If we if we have um, you know, like say Uranus and Mars, that's often like the accident-prone person. Does that person have to be accident-prone for their whole life? Absolutely not. Why? Because they can learn to slow down. They're not doomed to be, you know, like just rash and flying off the handle. There's always this capacity for self-reflection and growth. So that Uranus and Mars, if you looked at it in a in sextile energy, instead of it being rash and abrupt... It could be um, sort of spontaneous And spontaneity and and um, ill-thought-out You could think of that in a very similar way, you know So spontaneity is the positive side of somebody that flies off the handle And doesn't think before they act But we appreciate and admire spontaneity And yet we might look down on the other more, um, you know, flying off the handle quality so, but does it mean that the person with that aspect has to be doomed to that way of behaving, that rash, explosive, ir- and, uh, you know, uh, irresponsible? And the answer is no. Any more than if it were, you know, Saturn and Venus Which, you know, I think some people are terribly terrified of Because they think it means they're not going to have love Or, you know, love is very um, dour or something like that And that is one side of it But it doesn't mean that love can't be uh, serious Or that in this lifetime you might not consider that you know, love needs to be disciplined for you in order to be able for you to make your way through a loving relationship and a loving experience. That you need to be able to discipline yourself in love, or that that soul based belief is that you know love is um, to be taken seriously. So there's nothing wrong with that either, if that's a part of the belief system. Now it's. It's not good if you believe that, you know, love is like a heavy burden (laughs) If you believe that aspect of Saturn and Venus That love is a heavy burden or love is burdensome If you have that belief, that might be why you get born with that aspect And it might be why you bring in burdensome, heavy relationships But when you've passed through it and you realize that it doesn't have to be that way Again, the human condition, our condition is based on the principle that we learn through repeated direct experience Repeated direct experience. Do I have to tell any of you who are parents out there how many times you have to tell a kid not to turn on the lights, not to slam the doors, not to play with you know the garbage pail, not to you know like you know throw their toys into you know the the, the garden and ruin the flowers? You know, kids just over and over and over and over and over. It's only through. Repeated direct experience Where they do something And then they they don't really like the outcome They do something and they, they see that it's not What it is that they wanted If they, you know, throw something and it breaks And they're like sad that it broke Then they stop throwing things So repeated direct experience on every level For all of us in our own soul-based dilemmas And I do like that word a lot That the dilemma, meaning the problem More like solving a problem The dilemma that we all have is the one where we're we're going through life Making an attempt to figure out how to change the soul-based belief system And the only way we can do that is by uh, looking at what that belief system is Sometimes we even say them out loud Yeah, they come out of our chart We can see them in our chart We can see the way in which we oppress ourselves And limit ourselves And have beliefs about um, You know, authority Whether it's Saturnian Or fears of death Or, um, you know, fears of betrayal Neptune Or fears of sudden change You know, Uranus Or all of those different kinds of things There's really countless morphs Of... um, of soul-based dilemmas that we could we could really be looking at but that's really not the point the point is is are any of them um in the chart and are we doomed to have that even if it's in our natal chart as an aspect be a reflection of a lifetime of betrayal or suffering or misery or oppression and the answer is no Clear and unequivocally So when we go to different websites For those people that like going around Different websites and trying to figure out Your chart by clicking on some one Sentence link about Neptune square Venus and you discover That it says oh well yes This is about love betrayal And then you walk away from that thinking Oh my god I do experience Love betrayal and all of my Relationships are going to be about love Betrayal forever and ever The answer is no (laughs) You know, I don't think we can blame our chart any more for our reality than we can blame our parents. Um, it's just uh, at a certain point in our life when we become adults, we have to take responsibility for our actions and the choices that we're making. If we keep picking people who, who are betraying us, we have to look at that pattern from our perspective, not trying to place that off on. You know, astrological transiting And say, well, this is why this must be happening Because, um, uh, you know, I'm doomed to having this in my chart Any more than the person who's like, yes, you know I've got this lucky thing in my chart And that can work for you It absolutely can work for you But you can get challenged by that When you feel like things aren't going that way you know the 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 soul is very sensitive to the repeated Um, Experiences of the Ego and the creations of the unconscious Mind so belief Systems we can take them with us From one lifetime to another that's how they get Carried over in Soul based mechanism and um, We do need to be careful About what we think and what We believe and the conscious And unconscious and we're lucky When we can be paying attention enough To the events in our lives And also the things That are coming out of our mouth the things that we're Actually saying about our lives We can I think Feel more confident um, uh, More confident About what it is that We're going through and why it is that we're Here when we take an opportunity To look at who we are And what we're here to learn and grow That's awesome So we're all really blessed and we all have an opportunity We're given I think a set of um, Specific talents, you know If you're an Aries or if you're a Taurus or if you're a Cancer I do believe in that I do believe that we might be more entrepreneurial Or um, more steadfast or more nurturing Some of us are more emotional We have more water, we're more us, you know, uh, in the thinking realm, we have more air. We have more creativity. We have more fire. I do believe in that. Those are our gifts. Those are the the things that we have to work with. Those are the colors that are in the coloring um, box. You know that that's what that's what we're here with, and we're here with to work on. But the specific integration of our personality always, 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 no matter who we are can equal um kind loving happy successful grateful um humble um you know i like to say love that love's not held by any sign you know lying is not held by any sign betrayal is not held by any sign there's no one one person who's going to be you know Intelligence is not any one sign. You know, all, you know, all, all signs can be intelligent. All, um, all signs can be loving. Just like all signs can be the opposite of, um, of loving, uh, you know, and be unloving. And that doesn't have to do with any one sign So the journey is the journey of um, finding that no matter what we're here, no matter what our challenges, No matter what the good, the bad and the ugly That we all have an opportunity to perfect, there's that word again But I like it, it comes from potential, let's just say potential We all have an opportunity to um, uh, ride this journey to our potential I'm Dr. Craig Martin You're listening to the Inside Connection And this is Gnarls uh, Barkley it was Crazy I will be here next Thursday night 8pm Pacific Good night I remember when I remember, I remember
0: when I lost my mind There was something so pleasant about that day Even your emotions had an echo And so much my-